25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Tommy Tuberville left the state of Mississippi in a pine box, hung out in Alabama, (laughs) but is apparently back from the dead running for U.S. Senate. How's your Friday going? (laughs) Have you you ever uh, YouTubed uh, Wasted Away and... Tommy Tuberville? No, I haven't. But there's a, a group from up uh, around Oxford that did Tommy a great parody of that. Oh man, it is awesome. I can hear it in my head right now, wasting away in Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's just one of the things that's out there today in the news, and one of the several things you know it might um, just who knows it might pop up on this show. At some point today. What's up? I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents you can deal with one-on-one. Face to face. Chris Brooks said some nice things about this show and about me when he ended his show just a little while ago. Did you see him, Roger, on his way out? I did. We were, we were, kind, of, uh, we were kind of joking because we're looking at our text line. If you've looked at it, and we're oh. about... Uh, the first hour after he came on the morning show was trolling him on the text line. Wait a minute. Pretty funny. Pretty our, funny stuff on there. You'll look it up. Let's see. One of our own shows was trolling Chris. Oh, man. Heavy. I don't know what Chris said, but he'd get under somebody's skin. <laughs> okay. I'll have to go back and look at it here. We'll, we'll do this. I'll tell you what. The text line is kind of like a mini message board around here. Yeah. It, it's kind of like what it is. You can take the pulse of the uh, of the audience. You can, thing. but I'll say this, Roger. The great thing about the text line is that ninety percent of those people just have their name on there, and there's a phone number with it. So they, like, look, they're owning it. You know what I mean? Now you you got the Gator Man and the Bama and Madison, you know, but they're just they're texting in, man. They're owning it. Some of them use their own name. Somebody texted in during Chris's show. And said, Matt Wyatt is a selfie stick expert. What in the heck? What in the world is that all about? (laughs) And am I reading this right? At some point this morning, uh, Roger, during Bo's show, they were comparing coaches to songs. They're like, I guess. I guess so. I didn't listen this morning. All I see on the text line is a text from this morning at like 930 that said, Dan Mullen is Little River Band. <laughs> I mean, I gotta know. I gotta know what that's all about because there's another <laughs> one. There's another one on here. LRB that says Malzahn is Nickelback. 
We're comparing coaches to bands? Is that what we're doing? That, on the morning show? Well, I don't know. Sounds like they stole that idea from the Brooks show. All right, well, I don't know. That's anyway. a topic like uh, Chris does. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very <laughs> that's a very gridiron topic. Welcome into the show. Um, points, uh, A couple points here for you, Roger. One, my call screen's not working. Uh, it worked for about five minutes yesterday, and then it went away. So I texted you a number that we're going to call oh. here in a minute. Okay, I'll have to get my phone. But in the meantime, we got Chicken Hawk on the line. Chicken Hawk! What's happening, man? Hey, what's going on at Hail State, boy? Hail State to you, too. What's happening? All right, look, I can tell you what went on this about Brooks. They were on there making fun of Hey, Chicken Hawk, you're breaking up, man. About it, we get about every other letter. We're not hearing you clearly. Now nah, it's breaking up. You have to try it again. Sorry about that. <clears throat> yeah, try. Keep trying. See <laughs> you. Um. <clears throat> yeah, Roger. Let me know. I, I want to talk to Brett Norsworthy. Y'all met, heard Brett when we had him on the show during SEC Media Days a couple weeks ago. How long ago was that? Now it's harder. It's all running together. Anyway, yeah, he was on this uh, from Media Days. Brett is the pregame, postgame radio host for Ole Miss football and has a show in the afternoons on Sports 56 in Memphis. And I always enjoy talking sports with Brett and and especially football. What happens a lot of times when Brett and I get to talking, whether it's on the air or, you know, the – just the the off the air conversation. I think Brett and I both have this appreciation for history and nostalgia in sports, and we get to going back and talking about years past. So I always enjoy really talking uh, to Brett about those things too. But I wanted to get him on. He's there in Memphis, and I think has a pretty keen understanding of the Memphis program, where they are now compared to you know in years past where they've been. They've had some ups and downs, as you would expect, and there's been some conference turnover. In one conference, out of one, into another, <clears throat> all that kind of stuff going on for Memphis. But you know, right now um, they're riding high. Now, preseason predictions are one thing. You and I both know that preseason predictions, eh? You know, whatever. But just as an example, this—that's all I'm doing right here—is giving you an example. <clears throat> the football power index. In for the for the 2019 schedule anyway for Memphis, thinks that they're going to win a bunch of games. The first four games for Memphis are all nationally televised, and of course they're going to start the year on ABC against Ole Miss, and uh, they're, they're scoring a lot of points. But you know, look again if the prognosticators are right, this Memphis team's going to win a whole bunch of games. Let's talk about it right now with the aforementioned Brett Norsworthy. You can hear him 3-6 to six Monday through Friday on Memphis, in Memphis on uh, Sports 56 with Dave Woloshin, and he is the pregame, postgame host on the radio for Ole Miss football. And he's on your radio right now. Brett, good to talk to you again. I got Memphis on my mind, man, so I'm calling you. I got Memphis on my mind, Matt White. I'm at the golf tournament. It was a good respite to dip in and get some air conditioning, talk some college football. 29 days out from the start of college football for the Gators and the U that first weekend. And then that following weekend, just about everybody that owns shoulder pads will be going at it. That's right. So you're at the St. Jude. Is it blooming hot up there or are we getting a break? 
Matt, it, it, it's unseasonably cool. I, yeah. I would dub it. I'm no meteorologist. I know there's a famed meteorological school at Mississippi State <laughs> University. There's just about every local weather person in the South went to school there. But I uh, know uh, it, it, it was just plum delightful. Wednesday, yesterday, very nice. Today, a little more humid, but not the not the, the bait fest we normally have. I mean, I've been out here some years when, I mean, you couldn't go from car to the media center without being soaked. But no, it, it, it's very nice. We've got, uh, I would I would dub it as record crowd for the best field we've ever had, you know, because this year we are a WGC event. This is the event that used to be in Akron, Ohio, mm. at Firestone. And after last year, that was it there. And it will be here for the foreseeable future. And the, the, ga- the, the, the field and the gallery show it the only a 64-man field, but it's the who's who of golf except for him. Sure. Brett Norsworthy on your radio. So Memphis football going to open the year hosting Ole Miss on national television in, I think, 37 days from right now. And I just want to start, Brett, let's go context here with their program. The success they're having on offense, predicted to win some games this year, a bunch of games. Um. This program hasn't always been uh, or hasn't always had preseason positive expectations, including in recent years. Like, How significant is this improvement to this point for Mike Norvell? Well, it's very significant, and the cornerstone really laid by Justin Fuente in the job that he did. You know, he mm. took over in 2012, an opening game. He lost to, you know, to UT Martin and, and had a, a tough 2012 but found a little something in 2013, and one of the big somethings he found was Paxton Lynch and kept that going at the quarterback position even after Justin Fuente and Paxton Lynch left into Mike Norvell with Riley Ferguson. And even last year, Brady White, statistically last year, Brady White had a big year and should have a big year like that again. Mike Norvell is one of those coaches, like a, a lot of the young coaches now, very offensive uh a high-scoring influence like Lincoln Riley, and that's what he wants to do. I mean, if it was basketball, he wants to get it off the glass and run, and that's what they do. But they have a they have more running game than I think most people would stereotype. They do lose Daryl Henderson, who's yeah. turning pro early. They, they've got a, a thousand-yard rusher back in Patrick Taylor, and 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 some others at running back that can can really really do some some damage. Uh, Kenny Gainwell from Yazoo City, I think will get will get a lot of touches. That, some way, uh, screens, bubbles, smoke screens, whatever, mm-hmm. something like that. Get, it, get him out in space, that that vernacular. And they have offensive weaponry, and I think they're going to have a better defense. They were a little bit like Ole Miss last year on defense when at times it could be hard to watch and no lead was too big. And, and they, they, they had, some, had some struggles, but they, they made some changes on the as, as a coordinator, and they've got some personnel changes as well and some seasoning in, in their defensive front and even in the secondary and brett that's the one thing that jumps out is there seems to have been just like constant turnover on their coaching staff particularly coordinators these last few years and, and it happened again last year um auburn hires dillingham and um I guess Chris Ball went to Northern Arizona to be the head coach. He was a defensive coordinator, but that's right. like an every year thing, isn't it? Replacing coordinators. Well, and that's kind of the thing around the sport. Nick Saban has to handle it about as well as yeah. has handled it about as well as anyone. But you know, now we know that 
you know, you, that coach that recruits you might not be there on senior day for you, and you, you've got to understand that. But the head coach is the constant, and Mike Norvell has been the constant. They, you know, last year they, they won their division again, lost yet another heartbreaker to Central Florida in the AAC championship game. And, man, I'm, I'm not at all going to make the case the last two years I thought Central Florida needed to be in the college football playoff. But if we had had an 18 playoff, I would mm. definitely make the case that they would have been it. I don't know what seed, but they would they were among the best eight teams in the country at the end of the year. I don't think uh, football four the last two years, and I love Danny White, but he's about to get on my last nerve with some of it. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're not the only one. Um, well, I know you're not, for that matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> Brett Norsworthy on your radio right now. Y'all follow him on Twitter, at Brett Norsworthy. And again, we'll remind you how to listen to him uh, not only throughout the year, but in the fall on Saturdays on the Ole Miss Network. Uh, but we're looking at this first opponent for Ole Miss, the Memphis Tigers. And uh, again, we talk about expectations, uh, Brett. This is just one example, but like this S&P stuff that Bill Connolly and all of them do over at SB Nation yeah. has them yeah. projected to be favored and win, I think going 10-2, and two, maybe even favored in all their games, but going 10-2. and two. Those kinds of Every expectations, game. does that resonate with Memphis football fans? Are they pumped up about the possibility of this year? Yes, and you, you compound that with that opening day opponent, mm. and it really makes for fun in this area. I love this game. I grew up on this game. I like it. I, I love it. I love it as the opener. It's going to be a while. I, I won't say never will they play again, but both are pretty contractually bound out into the mid 2020s. I know that sounds like forever, <laughs> but he'll get here in a, in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. But they both are kind of kind of going in their own direction. Memphis even is going to play a back to back home and home series with State in, in in some of those years. But I love this game. The first time it's been the opener in Memphis since 2009, and and for a lot of years, even as an Ole Miss home game, it was the opener. Coach Vault loved playing up here. The, you know the stadium was much nicer than bought Hemingway in the days and he, in the day and he wanted to be on Memphis TV for for recruiting he had a lot he was really good friends with coach coach Billy Murphy and, and so there was a lot of reasons why you know Ole Miss was kind of always playing in Memphis those days are over gone forever we know that and in this series I don't think it'll be gone forever but it is highly anticipated especially when you return a, a, a team that won a, a, a conference a, a division title a starting quarterback requisite number of starters back, you're going to have a lot of offseason hoopla. I don't think it's overdone for Memphis. My biggest question for Memphis on opening day is the number of offensive linemen that they're going to have to replace, including, I think, the real stalwart of their offensive line, Drew Kaiser, a four-year starter. He started as a true freshman during that upset in Memphis in 2015 over Ole Miss. He's gone and you know how important replacing the center, especially on opening day, that can be. But they have a, a good quarterback in Brady White. I mentioned Patrick Taylor and Kenny Gainwell. I love DeMonte Coxey, a wide receiver. Another wide receiver they have is the nephew of Hartley Dykes, Sean Dykes. And then the name of names that tied in. And when they beat us in 2015, Alan Cross just third and, on third and seven, he'd get eight. On third and 12, he'd get mm -hmm. 13. They they tied into us to death to death that day with Alan Cross, and they've got another good one in the best name in college football, 
Joey Magnifico. <laughs> that is fantastic. And Memphis fans hope that he is uh, in 36 Magnifico. days. <laughs> Magnifico. <laughs> yeah. Brett, um, uh, Brett Norsworthy on your radio, and I love it when we get into talking a little history. I, I think I, uh, like you, share this um, affinity for nostalgia and the history in sports, and I don't know nearly as much of it as you do, but I like talking about it. And I'm looking at this series Ole Miss leads the all-time series 47-11, to and there's been two ties. The largest margin of victory, 92 to nothing for Ole Miss back in 1935. But I wanted to relay this to you and get your response. My wife's grandparents, um, uh, thank God they're still with us. They're both in their 90s. They both are Ole Miss grads. They went there in the 1940s, and they were at our house last week. And Miss Smith told me, she said, you know, I remember we used to go to Memphis Every year to play Memphis, we'd all go to the game up there, but it was a home game for Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did Rich, not realize Rich, that. You know, the, oh, oh, yeah, man. I mean, and, and, Co- and Coach Ball, he, he loved playing here. In fact, his very first year, and it really kind of came back to bite him a little bit, it, before the season ever started, he agreed to play in Memphis in the Delta Bowl. I think they only had two. It was at Crump Stadium. And he had Charlie Connerly, and they win the SEC and the Sugar Bowl. Wants you know the SEC champion. Coach Vaught said, "Now I've already committed to the Delta Bowl and committed to play TCU, his alma mater." So he he kept, he kept his word, and, and you win the SEC with Charlie Connerly, and you come to the you know the, the Delta Bowl. But but they did. It, it, you know the old saying was you know back then, educated in Oxford, engaged in Memphis. Uh huh. Yeah, well, and now she mentioned she, what was the name of the stadium? Did you say Crump? Crump, Crump Stadium, and Matt, it was one. It, it still exists. Largely, high school games played there. It's very much downtown in the in the Methodist Hospital complex. In fact, my, my dentist's office is right across the street. And every time I go there, I promise you, I can I can hear the ovations from the day because <laughs> I've heard from my parents about going to to Arkansas Ole Miss games there to. Even Arkansas and Texas played there one year in the forties. It it was kind of a the, the showplace stadium uh, of the, of this area back then. You know, it was just much smaller than than Vaught Hemingway or, or, or Davis Way Scott Field, and, and and you know, and for Arkansas fans in this area, you know, they they couldn't get to Fayetteville uh, with any regularity then. So it hosted a lot of games, but it was a rare East West field. You know, real football fields they run north south. Right. This one was a rare east-west, and I say that in, in one of my favorite stadiums in SEC, Stanford Stadium, between the hedges at the east-western. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, they're supposed to be north and south. That'd really throw me off because I'm one of those broadcasters. I just I don't even check the compass. I just say north and south. You know, and I, it's a... Every time. <laughs> Every and, and, you time. Know, and I, I'm a little bit ashamed to admit this, but it was just a few years ago that I was told most real baseball diamonds, real stadiums, maybe not, you know, you know, at, at afternoon park in, in said town, mm-hmm. but real baseball stadiums, the home home plate's always in the southwest corner. I didn't know that until just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that either. That's incredible. Seems like every time I talk to you, Brett, two things happen. One, I learn something, <laughs> and two, the time goes by quick. <laughs> and, really, uh, it, it goes by fast when you're having fun, Matt. We're on the eve of football. I, I love the countdown. I know a lot of people, and a lot of our buds in this, they don't like the countdown. They don't like the, the puffery talk. I do. Everybody's in a good mood. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. undefeated. 
Nobody's been crushed yet. Nobody's coach needs to be fired. And, and on this day, nobody's in love with the backup quarterback yet. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, that's right. But you let that <laughs> you let that starter throw one pick, and then it'll be on from there. Brett, I appreciate you, man. As always, uh, I'll turn you loose back to the uh, St. Jude Golf Tournament there in Memphis. Enjoy the unseasonably cool air for now, anyway, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it, Matt. Anytime. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. Thank you so much. That's Brett Norsworthy from Sports 56 in Memphis. Follow him on Twitter, at Brett Norsworthy. His show is on in Memphis, 3 to 6 weekdays with Dave Lotion. And uh, he is um, also the pregame, postgame show host for Ole Miss football on their radio network from Learfield IMG. I always enjoy talking with Brett. So the context of this whole thing is this. I, you know, and I, I, there's plenty of time still to preview the specifics, but, you know, just so you know, that's a guy who's in Memphis, lives there, has his whole life. He's around their fans. He talks to them every day. Memphis fans are good and pumped up for this game. They are going to have a big crowd, and it ain't going to be all Ole Miss fans like it has in the past, but there's going to be a big Memphis crowd there. Ole Miss has won seven of the last eight of these games against Memphis, but you know, two years ago Memphis won. So it's one and one in the last two. Just getting started on a Friday. Stick around. Hey, did y'all know Roger's back? It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you? I didn't get to hear that yesterday. I uh, know. And I saved it. It's a neighborly day. Hold on, the other music's still going. Let me turn it off for now. Oh, here we go. Okay. I, I've saved it for later in the show, Roger, so it wouldn't be right off the top. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, welcome back. Um, we did miss you. Beaver filled in very adequately yesterday. He is very adequate. <laughs> Beaver, he might take offense at that. Well, I mean it in a good way. Absolutely. I, he does, I can just tell, like, Beaver never knows if he, if he can talk on my show or not. I just sense that about him. Well, you're very intimidating. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm like the least intimidating talk show host on the planet. Well, you know, whenever you – and you know this – Whenever you're part of a team, like a broadcast team, you have to figure out each other's timing yeah, and yeah. try not to step on each. And I, I'll tell you, with Jake, I, even the listeners will be texting like, "Stop stepping on him," because mm-hmm. you you can't. Good luck getting word in edgewise on that guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a fast talker. He's a motor they, mouth. He's a motor, yeah. but that's because his head is so full of info. That's so Jake. They, Although Jake would say, "Don't believe all the hyperbole." <laughs> Listen, the thing about Jake is I'm 
I'm starting to like. I'm gonna have to say something to him because he's taken it a little too far picking on Chris Brooks from the Gridiron Show. Chris is at MS Gridiron on Twitter. Jake is uh, Jake Wim. He's Jake Wimberly, and Jake's really starting to kind of take some liberties picking on Chris, if you ask me. So, Jake, if you're listening, just take it easy on Chris. Maybe you know something I don't know. Maybe Chris is like it's impossible to hurt his feelings. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Well, we're trying. You know, even Chris is, even though you know Jake gives him a hard time sometimes. He's trying to get him on that. that there's a Clarion Ledger competition going on. Oh, for most popular show, radio oh, show. Oh, really? And so Jake's in the running along with another uh, couple of shows from other stations, different formats. Yeah. And uh, so, so we're trying to really push him. We're trying as a as a station to push him over the. Over the line there. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're getting it. <laughs> you know what that means? Does that mean Chicken Hawk's back on the phone? Eddie got a good line. All right. Good. A good signal on the Divinity Equipment phone line with uh, Chicken Hawk. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. They've been doing it better longer than anyone else. Chicken Hawk, what's happening, man? And it's a doggone good product, and the man that sells it, oh, Jonathan, is a doggone good fella, because I got a, a zero turn and one of them electric weed eaters is the Atta best boy. money I ever invested in. Atta but boy. look at him. Hail State, and uh, look, the thing this morning on uh, Daddy Y'all's show was they were talking about coaches, the first thing, before I get to Brooks. They were talking about coaches and trying to figure out what kind of rock and roll band or what kind of member of a rock and roll band would the coaches be? That's mm. where they went off on all that. Okay. But now, Brooks, compelling. you know, like I was, yeah, well, like, yeah, it was compelling. And like, because uh, uh, I, I said Dad Dan Mullen was like Eddie Van Halen, and I couldn't remember the guy that's the lead singer for ACDC, but that's Coach O. I think you know, if, that's like, if, you know, if Coach Mullen gained about 50 pounds, and let his hair grow just a little, he'd look a little bit like Meatloaf. You got that right. That's a good one. <laughs> no, let me see. Meatloaf, they said, was, uh, oh, man, the coach up north. What's his name? Oh, Coach Luke. Yeah, I can see that, too. Yeah, yeah, Luke. Like if yeah, they, Luke, yeah. They... If he had a mullet with some stringy hair in the oh. back, he yeah, he could do Meatloaf for sure. Well, look at here. Let me. I got two things I got to get to now. You always do this. To I'm me. sorry. You try to throw that curveball at I me. I apologize. You know, let me put my dog on basketball. Just trying to do a show. That's all. That's all. Okay, but look at here. What they was trying to, what they was trying to talk about about my buddy Brooks, because you know with video and audio, Bubba is always out there. It's gonna come back to bite. Mm-hmm. He was dogging out, saying that baseball players in the SEC that it wasn't as hard to make it to Omaha as it was to make it to the. You know the uh, the finals of the, uh, the Sweet Sixteen, you know, the, or, yeah, 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 and all that kind of. Yeah, he they're on that, that again. Season. That was from two months ago. Yeah, but, yeah, he just kept playing that back and forth, and back and forth. But now, look, yesterday, Bubba, that was one of the best shows I enjoyed. That yesterday with uh, old uh, what's his name, the Deering. Oh, Doring, Chris Doring from Florida. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that, yeah. And what kind of what kind of sandwich did you say that was when you ended it? <laughs> what kind of sandwich? Yeah, sandwich. What kind of sandwich did you say? You said you know you said you was gonna buy. Oh, I said it was a football show. sandwich, <laughs> a football meat sandwich oh. right there. Is that? No, I don't think that's what you said. I said but it's anyway, a meat sandwich. Look at him. <laughs> 
look at here, old boy. What you need to do, because see, all you little sweet fingered fellas, you need to get somebody like me. But of course, you know, I wouldn't you know, do a whole lot of justice. But I was a lineman on offense and defense, mm-hmm. like I like I told you the other day. But see, y'all got you and Chris got them little old. You know, sweet fingers and stuff, little long like piano playing fingers. <laughs> you need to get Chris is uh, co-host on here, Marcus. Now Marcus is the main. Okay, need to get Marcus can on. You get Marcus. Well, we can make uh, anything can happen. Yeah, we can make anything well, happen. Yeah. Well, Roger, if if Roger can't do it, I guarantee you one thing: my man Beaver can. <laughs> Beaver is the Beaver is the producing main. Yeah. Somebody texted in yesterday. Was it you that texted in and said he's the hardest working producer in radio? Well, I have made that comment. I don't know if I texted <laughs> in just that, but I have made that comment. But okay. You know, it's just Wait like, a minute. You, you, yeah, I know, you, Roger. Well, Look out, man. <laughs> All right. Come hey. on, Roger. Uh, Jackson wait, just wait, happened no. to stop by, and he's he's disagreeing with your take on that too. See, now we've got we're, hey, are, we're going to have producer feuds going on around here before it's over with. <laughs> Hey, look, now they can't nobody produce, not produce, but they can't nobody replace Roger or you. But can you see if you can't get a, a big, a big man on here? Okay. And I like right. to, you know, advise everybody to get some binoculars and watch the real football game mm-hmm. when you're in a football game. Mm-hmm. See what them big fellas is doing. So you little, you know, long, beautiful, you know, <laughs> slick fingered fellas and throw the ball and. Never heard those words applied to Matt Wyatt. I'm tired of hearing about my little dainty, slick fingers. I mean, it's not true. Hey, brother, if it's, yes, it is. Oh, look here. I can't tell you to put it up right now on the phone because you can't, but look here. I know, I know, Bubba, I know. But anyway, look here. Hail State, have a wonderful weekend. You too. See you. See you. Chicken Hawk is out. You know, my old roommate, who was an offensive lineman at State and a starter his last few years on the offensive line, great big, huge guy, Paul Mooney. Paul lives right there in um, Madison, in the Madison area. And it'd be easy enough for me to hang out and get Paul in the studio at some point, talk some lineman stuff. He knows his stuff. And you're right. I've said that before. I've I've said that before. If you want to, if you've never done this as a football fan, not everybody had the good fortune of you know getting to play a lot or sitting in on a lot of film studies and playing you know different positions. And so if you didn't, it doesn't matter if you're in regards to being a fan. You don't have to do that to be a fan. But it would be fun, I think, for you to do this if you haven't. And that is. Find a game online on your DVR or on YouTube or just some game that's on someday that you don't have a rooting interest in that doesn't like get you all emotional and force yourself to pick out one lineman and focus on him every play. Just that one lineman. Don't Make sure your eyes don't drift and start watching the football and who threw it and who caught it. Just keep your eyes focused on one particular lineman the whole game and you'll be amazed at the stuff you see going on that you never saw or thought about. So stuff you'll perceive things that you never perceived before. There's a lot going on in that line of scrimmage for sure. We're going to talk next with Paul Jones from 24-7 Sports. A little recruiting and we'll see what else we get into. Stick around in the Farm Bureau studio.
Show. Back on the show. Yeah, we had such a good time yesterday on the show, too. Appreciate Chicken Hawk bringing that up. Chris Doring, first time on the show, former Florida Gator. He was a really good interview, but uh, first hour yesterday, John Bond came on, and the only reason I had John on is because I know he's the biggest Caddyshack fan I've ever come across, and yesterday was the 39th anniversary of the launch of that movie. It's in the hall. Yeah, and I mean, I hate you missed it, Roger. Um, I do, too. I love, first of all, I love John Bond. Oh, I'm he's a, fantastic, man. Big fan. And, uh, yeah. When we did, when he had the show with uh, Hal, we yeah. did a show with Hal Mummy. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, I mean, my face would hurt. I, I was saying, I, my face was hurting from laughing after having him on yesterday. We need to figure out a way to get that segment out again because that was a lot of fun. Hey, and Roger, I sent you a number there for Paul Jones. I had I texted it to you. Um, see if you have that. Paul is with Twenty Four Seven Sports, covers uh, Mississippi State, and uh, we'll talk a little football with him. Coming up. While you do that, I'm going to look over here. <laughs> Matt on the text line at 885 ESPN. I don't know who is going to be Ole Miss's backup. I mean, I think the only known thing right now going into camp is that Matt Corral is definitely your starter. I think the backup job's totally up for grabs. Um, Hogjowl texted and said, Have you ever noticed that people with the biggest mouth have the least to say? He said, I'm the one who said Beaver was the hardest working producer. Hogjow took offense to that because that was during <laughs> that was during Chicken Hawk's phone call. He um let's say we got an unnamed texture here that says, is there any possible way to get chicken choke as an in-studio guest, not just on the phone? The guy brings it every day. Um I'm sure that wasn't chicken chicken hawk. <laughs> well, if you read it, he put hashtag chicken choke. But uh, we know what you mean, whoever you are. We uh, know what you mean. All right. Davini Equipment phone line's been busy all week, and here we go. Again, another great guest on the guest line there. Paul Jones. Let's see. Paul, it's been so I, – I know your Twitter handle and everything. I see it on my Twitter feed all the time. But then uh, when it comes to saying it, it's been so long since I've said it, PJ247Sports. There we go. What's up, Paul? I don't know much. How you doing, man? Man, I'm just right. In 37 days from today, they're going to put a football on the tee between Mississippi State and uh, ULL. What do, you, do you call them Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana, or the Raging Cajuns? Like, what are we supposed to call them? Man, I tell you what, I, I'm so used to calling Louisiana Lafayette, and, and when you talk to recruits as much as I do, that's what they say. You know, a couple now and then will say Louisiana. So, I, yeah. I mean, I could go with either Louisiana or Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned recruiting real quick before we talk about this year's team at State. How is recruiting going this time of year for that staff? Well, you know, it's, I tell you, Matt, it's, it's, it's been like this for the past few years where we see almost more action in the summer months, um, especially in June with camps, than we do in December and January. Uh, you know, I think State entered the spring period or ended the spring period with 
10 or 11 commits, and then you look up and they've doubled the, the size of their class by the end of July. So, uh, you know, going to this, um, you know, they're going to go into the fall. Obviously, uh, top priority is to hold the guys you got and, uh, you know, add a, add a linebacker here, a wide receiver there, an offensive lineman there, and just try to add a couple uh, best available categories and, uh, you know, finish up the class. Because, I mean, they're standing at 22 commitments right now. And, of course, me and you both know that that commit list is going to change between now and December. Yeah. Uh, whether it's decommits or guys getting dropped, it never stays the same as it is in summer. So, uh, but most of the, you know, by and large, most of the work is done, uh, especially when you look at the heavy JUCO recruiting they wanted to do on the defensive line this year uh, to kind of shore up some spots and kind of balance out those classes. Uh, obviously, you're going to see uh, uh, this season – uh, big discrepancy in, in age on that defensive line. You got a couple seniors and then everybody else is a freshman. So mm-hmm. they want to take care of that problem and balance out the class. And I think that was probably one of the main priorities in this class. Hey, and Paul, real quick, if you had to guess, I, and I'm not certainly not going to hold you to it because it's early, as you said, but if you had to guess, is this a, is it a top 25 class? Is it going to be top 15? Is it in between 15 I'm and 25? Top- I mean, there's an outside chance that it could be um, top 20. Okay. They would have to close, and some guys would have to get a few bumps, which I think there are some very underrated guys in their class right now, such as Janari Dean uh, from South Panola, who's just a, a, a typical SEC football player, and, and I think he's four-star quality. But by and large, I'd, if I had to guess, Matt, I'd go uh, top 25. I think it will be okay. in the top 25 before it's all said and done. Okay. Okay. Cool. Paul Jones on your radio, PJ247 Sports. Y'all can tweet him right there and uh, read his stuff and follow his coverage. And he's a part of the 24-7 Sports team there at uh, Gene's page. Paul, you said it. Defensive tackle on this football team with uh, Jeffrey Simmons going in the first round and then Thomas and Hoyette graduated at that point position. I, I just kind of have it circled with a red pen, you know, as I look at this team going into fall camp. Who are the players there that you expect to see take snaps in a month? Well, you know, Coach Moorhead mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and we saw this at the, the middle of spring practice, Kendall Jones hurt his shoulder, and uh, he's still not all the way back, so he's probably not going to be fully 100% healthy until, I think he said, towards the end of training camp, so you know, just taking a stab at this thing, I, I would expect training camp to open up with Lee Autry and Fabian Lovett probably. Okay. As your starting in, interior guys. And I think Jaden Crumity, Cameron Young, um, you know, those guys will also fill in. And, and you know, we'll, they'll have Adam Love out there too, but, uh, you know, still no word on whether or not he can play immediately. If Allen does get cleared, I expect him to end up in the rotation. Okay. and play this season, uh, I, I don't expect him to push for a starting job because I I got a good idea that it's going to be Lee Alter and Fabian Lovett. And, uh, you know, I expect Crumley to definitely be in the mix. And then, hey, we'll see how quick Nathan Pickering picks things up, too. He's a true freshman. He'll get his first shot in training camp. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people expect him to play as a true freshman, especially when you look at their depth concerns there uh, and, and needing some – I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're lacking talent, Matt. It's just that experience. And, of mm-hmm. course, Nathan doesn't really help in that category, but um, they they need a huge year out of Lee Alter. And a healthy one, 
too. That's the thing I look exactly. at. You know, Paul, I'm, as you talk about these names, like if you just go to the roster and you look at all the defensive tackles that are listed, it's two seniors and all underclassmen out of that. Most of them freshmen. There's like there's like two sophomores. One of those is the guy you mentioned, Alan Love, who may or may not be eligible. But it's two seniors and Lee Autry and Kendall Jones and the rest are freshmen. All of them. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Matt, when you break it down, and you know Bob Shoup's already thought about this a thousand more times than me and you have, mm-hmm. he just needs to find a rotation on first and second down because I think he's got enough parts to move around. And we saw that last year. You know, you see Chauncey Rivers move inside on third down plays. Uh, I think they can use Chauncey inside there. I think Fletcher Adams can play inside on third downs. Marky Spencer could possibly be that guy. Uh, so just uh, find that, that good rotation, get them experience in the first three or four games, and, and make sure those guys can handle things on first and second down. And then you got enough movable parts at defensive end to, to get you by on third down. Bunch of faces at defensive end. You're right about that. Um, Kobe Jones, you know, he's not huge, and he's definitely a third down pass rusher type. Is is he? But but at six four two seventy, that's when he's listed anyway. He put his hand down and go in there. I believe he could do it. I think he could. I, I think Chauncey is your first candidate to do that. Okay. Um, and and I think uh, Marquise may not be far behind. Mm. But you know when they when they move a guy, you may have to have Kobe on the edge in certain situations. But uh, you know Kobe's played on the interior before uh, in high school. That's nothing new for him. Obviously, this is a whole different league, but. Uh, I think they can – you know Bob Shoup, he's going to maximize those defensive ends, especially since that's going to be the strength of the line, in my opinion, especially from a talent and experience standpoint. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Hey, I saw an interesting picture on Twitter yesterday, Paul. Well, actually, I might have seen it this morning. It was um, – it, it was um, – oh, crap. I'm drawing a, a blank here. Uh, Jonathan Banks. There we go. Jonathan Banks. Uh-huh. And he had the picture of he it was like a selfie type picture with his horses, and sitting on one of his horses was Cameron Dantzler, the current corner for state. And his caption, and his caption was, you know, from a former Thorpe Award winner to a future one, or something like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Those two guys hanging out together because they are very similar players, at least in terms of how they're built. I agree, and and you know I, I think Cam said it for a big year, and you know being at at camps this summer in June, obviously a lot of Mississippi State's current players are out, current players are out there, and some are helping, some are watching, some are catching up with old teammates. Uh, biggest thing that sticks out to me uh, with Cameron is that he's got bigger, yeah, and, you, and you'll notice that right off the bat. Uh, I mean nothing. Nothing major. It's just been a steady progression since the spring, and, and I imagine he's probably at 185 now, and you're talking mm-hmm. about a kid that came in at, what, 145 pounds? How about 145 so, pounds uh, and needs every bit of the muscle <laughs> that he can put on. Hey, Paul, I'm out, I'm out of time. It went by quick, man, but I really do appreciate you on a Friday. I'll see you soon. All right, man. Thank you. That's Paul Jones from 24-7 Sports, PJ247 Sports on Twitter. Y'all follow him. Hour 2 coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.